Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 130. We're looking at John chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. This is finishing the episode of the healing of the man who was born blind. Jesus healed the man. He spit on the ground, made some mud, put it on the man's eyes, told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Then the man did as Jesus told him, and he received his sight. He then went home and encountered his neighbors, people who knew him. They were amazed at what had happened. And some people then brought him to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. They began to inquire and fell into a debate about who Jesus is. Because the problem was, Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath. Supposed to not work on the Sabbath. But Jesus worked. He healed the man and he made mud. The religious leaders then brought in the man's parents to verify that there really was a miracle that took place because they were having trouble reconciling the fact that Jesus is a lawbreaker. He violates the rules of the Sabbath, but yet can do these miraculous acts. So then they couldn't get any far with his parents because they just verified that, yes, he was their son and He was born blind, but now he can see. So they quizzed the man and basically threatened him to denounce Jesus, but he wouldn't do it. He he spoke up for Jesus. He, uh, well, he gave them an earful that, uh, how is it that they, the religious leaders, don't understand what's going on? And it should be obvious to the casual observer that this is a man of God. So they threw him out, threw him out, and... I think the best understanding of that is they basically excommunicated him and kicked him out of the synagogue. Let's read today's passage, John 9, 35-38. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, and when he found him, he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said. And he worshipped him. So this man has never seen Jesus before. When Jesus encountered him, the disciples asked, "Who, whose sin caused his blindness?" And Jesus put the mud on his eyes. Then Jesus sent him to go to the pool of Siloam to wash. And he didn't see Jesus after that. So the man has never seen Jesus to this point. He spoke with him. But does he recognize his voice or not? Don't know. But Jesus finds him and asks, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, Son of Man is a designation that Jesus uses for himself. There's only a couple of places Stephen uses it to describe Jesus. But other than that, it's people inquiring of Jesus what he means by the Son of Man. So it's a, a designation essentially that only Jesus uses on himself. And it's a, well, it's a designation that was unusual. That's why people were confused by it. Uh, you find it in the book of Daniel, but it's not a common designation for the Messiah. And there's probably one of the reasons that he uses that title, the, the Son of Man, is that it doesn't carry any baggage. And so Jesus can apply the meaning he wants to it. Because if he says Messiah, some people immediately think political leader. Others think military leader. Others say 
religious leader or some combination thereof of all of those. But everybody's got their own idea what the Messiah is going to be. But son of man, that leaves them scratching their head. But he uses that term here. Do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. The man wants to believe. He really does. So he just needs a little bit more. Jesus answered, verse 37, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. So he's essentially saying, it's me. And that's all the man needs. So then verse 38, I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. Now just some of the uh, challenges of uh, translation. The word that translated as sir in verse 36, and the word translated as Lord in verse 38, are the same Greek word, kurios. And it can mean sir, master, lord, so the context basically has to determine it. So just in these three verses here, it occurs twice, but they translate it in two different ways, and it's spoken by the same person. And it's the context. They don't want to use Lord in verse 36 because he still has yet to make the step to belief. But in verse 38, he believes and worships. So Lord would be appropriate there. Interesting, this man, he's never seen Jesus, but he has come to a point of being ready to believe. He's never really heard the gospel either, but he's defended Jesus publicly. When the man was being quizzed by the religious leaders, he stood strong. He could have uh, ratted Jesus out or said something about, well, he must be a a sinner if he did this on the Sabbath. Uh, Yeah, I got the the good deal there, but uh, I have to denounce Jesus for healing on the Sabbath, or he could have just played dumb and said, I I don't have any idea. I I don't know who he was. I don't know what happened. Uh, Some guy put his hands on me, and, uh, and next thing you know, I could see. But no, he challenged the religious leaders. He defended Jesus and said, he is a prophet. He's got to be a man of God, because God doesn't empower sinners to do the sort of things that Jesus does. And the man pointed out to the, uh, the religious leaders, healing a blind person, giving sight to someone born blind, it doesn't happen. In fact, as he said, throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. So the challenge is, this has never happened before. So you're not dealing with some run-of-the-mill event or even an unusual event. This is an unheard of event. And in verse 38, he, he does believe. He says, and he worshipped him. This is the only place in John's gospel where someone actually worships Jesus. The word translated as worship is, is the verb of proskuneo, where we get the word prostate, falling prostate before someone. And it, it can mean worship. But it also could just mean literally bowing down and kissing the feet. Uh, they translated it as worship because that's the standard usage in the Gospels. Uh, it's already been used several times in the Gospel of John, meaning worship. And, and that's appropriate. He recognizes the divinity of Jesus. He recognizes that this is no ordinary man. Whether he recognizes he's the Messiah, 
doesn't don't know and that's just a title he recognizes he is the savior recognizes who he is and he worships him so he's kind of a prototypical believer to come in subsequent generations he believes without seeing he is persecuted for his faith he defends jesus in spite of persecution and jesus seeks him out and rewards him the man's progression we've we've looked at it as it's changed it began who was it the man they call jesus well who do you think he is he's a prophet well what do you have to say about him i'm his disciple and now he worships him so the the progression of the man in in his understanding view and devotion to jesus from just he's this guy i know his name but that's it too he is the object of worship and that's what happens is you get to know jesus you fall in love with him and worship him the other guys the those on the other side a similar progression from uh, somebody we're curious about to somebody we oppose to somebody we despise to somebody we're trying to kill and so you can't be neutral about jesus you either will accept who he is and respond accordingly or you will reject who he is the subsequent response to rejection is, is hostility so it's hard to be neutral about jesus and as followers of Jesus, we just need to remember that as we speak to others about Jesus, some are like this man. They're ready to believe. They want to believe. They just need that extra encouragement to take the step of belief. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.